Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Scott Kirshner, Chaz Price, and a special guest. We'll get into that in just a second. But first off, let me tell you how you reach out here. 419-794-3030. That's the phone number. 419-794-3030. Online, ARHQ.com. On today's show, how do you make your money last in retirement? Is my money safe with the failure of some of the smaller regional banks? What you can tell about a person in that first appointment and what it's like to attend an event Hosted by America's Medicare Associates, all this and more. But first, oh, well, I guess just introduce myself. My name is Chris Swan. And like I said a second ago, I'm pleased to be joined by Scott Kirshner, Chaz Price. And uh, guys, I don't know, why don't I let you do the introduction here? Well, yeah, thank you, uh, Chris. Um, I want to welcome uh, my son, Troy. Troy, is uh, he joined uh, AMA back on, uh, I think, what, uh, February 21st. Yeah. And uh, his first day was actually at one of our events, which was kind of uh, cool and exciting for me. But uh, I think it was really exciting for him. We'll talk about that um, in uh, one of our segments here uh, in, in a little bit. But Troy, welcome. Uh, welcome to the your very first show. And hopefully it goes well. Thank you, guys. It's good to be here. I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we just had uh, what we winter has gone and uh, spring came in uh, last Monday and uh which is which is a good thing the weather was not too bad this past week but we're looking for sunshine and get outside right yeah absolutely um just as i mentioned before i'm getting the final stages of uh, planning together for the wedding so yeah that's been fun we had some things going on last week but yeah troy um welcome and um glad you're here i love how it's just kind of like hey, let's throw them in the pool let's you know, <laughs> women so it's like okay that's let's right. do it so yeah proud of you man that's yeah. the best way to learn honestly and you know traditionally exactly. Uh, when we have, you know, Nolan on here and Jeremy Baker sometimes on, I always say, you know, no relation. But in the case of Scott Kirshner and, and uh, you know, it, it's very much uh, a relation this time. So <laughs> yes, uh, yes. welcome to the show. And let's go ahead and dive in here. Uh, you know, the failure of some smaller regional banks recently has sent the financial world reeling, even though the government is promising to back up deposits. That's not really stopping people with savings in commercial banks and retirement accounts from asking, is my money safe? I'm sure you guys have filled this question a couple times recently. What is your answer to that? That's a good question. And yeah, we, we have been getting it quite a bit lately is, and it's, um, you know, just all of the confusion and volatility in the markets has got a lot of people anxious. So I thought it would be helpful to go through a little bit about FDIC insurance and, um, talk about what is actually insured when it comes to FDIC. So the money, uh, money that exceeds the FDIC insurance limit, which is currently $250,000 per depositor. Uh, may not be as safe, obviously, as money that is. And uh, it's important to know that that $250,000 of insurance depends on the titling of the account. So individual, my understanding is a joint account, also trust accounts would, mm-hmm. would have a $250,000 limit. So that's important to know. But if you are one of the depositors and you have more than $250,000 in a single account, uh, or even across multiple accounts at the same bank. So that's important to know that if you have a single uh, titling account, or you have multiple savings that have that same titling, they co- they qualify under the same $250,000 limit. Um, but if you do have money outside of that limit, 
um, it's at risk in the sense that sure. you could potentially lose some or all of it if the bank fails. So to kind of minimize that risk, I think it's important that you consider maybe splitting up some money across multiple FDIC-insured banks. We've talked about it ad nauseum in the last uh, few segments, but Charles Schwab is a bank. Um, I guess we should say we are a financial brokerage firm first. We happen mm -hmm. to own a bank, but we do have FDIC-insured bank accounts. Um, and so it's important if you have deposits in brokerage firms and banks, um, it's important to know what the rules are for those as well. There's different insurance programs, SIPC or the Securities Investor Protection Corp. But it's important to, to kind of address and just to take a look at where you're at. You can also, again, look at investing in other options instead of FDIC-insured bank accounts. So a lot of people uh, don't know this, but insurance companies have fixed accounts. We call them annuities. Mm -hmm. They are generally backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurance company. And so you've got a, a way there that you can invest. You can diversify outside of the traditional options like FDIC insurance out of banks and into uh, brokerage firms in some cases with stocks and bonds and other investments as well as insurance uh, through annuities. Are you saying that I would be insured up to 250 for each of those accounts? Uh, generally, it's the account title. It's not necessarily the name, but who is the owner? Is it an individual account or so is it a owner. trust? Okay. Yeah, so the titling is important. And um, But those are all good questions. And, and being a banker, this has kind of been a banker by trade. I was a, a banker for almost 15 years. Um, and I was in you know banking right in the 2008, 2009 crisis. And so it does, it is kind of a sensitive subject, again, to be talking about bank failures. Kind of right. thought we were past that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you know, it's it's cropping up again, although this is somewhat different. You know, it has a little bit of a different feel than than what we were feeling in 2008 and nine. So, you know, uh, there was a, a widespread crisis going on. I don't think that we're seeing that right now. We're kind of seeing it contained in some more aggressive uh, banks. You know, for instance, the Silicon Valley Bank right. dealt a lot with, um, I believe it was companies out in the tech uh, Silicon Valley. So they're more... Um, you know, more aggressive by nature. Uh, but, you know, there are some correlations. We're seeing some of the similarities in the fact that uh, there's just a lot of lip service. There's a lot of, oh, we're fine. You know, we're, our tier one capital ratios are fine. And, and we keep seeing more headlines of that there's some deterioration in the banking sector. So uh, one of the things I would just say is that I, I feel like they're, the government has been very good at, you know, identifying some of these issues and being very open to saying, you know, you're going to be fine. Just like you and I or Troy would be investing in accounts. Isn't sure. that part of what banking does as well? Yeah, I think just structurally, the banking system doesn't work. From, uh, in my perspective, the major issue is the interest rate, uh, the inverted yield curve. So to your point, banks primarily lend money. Right. And, and they pay out money in the form of interest. And so if they're able to lend uh, if they're lending at rates less than what you know they're supposed to pay at, the system doesn't work. Right. And so that's part of the issue is that the, the Fed has raised interest rates so quickly and so aggressively that they're forced to pay out pretty much higher than what you know, they'll be able to take in in loans. And the other fact is that banks are required by law to keep a certain amount of assets and reserves mm -hmm. uh, to, to basically back those deposits. And so that requirement is set by the government, and a lot of banks, instead of owning physical cash, will own treasuries and securities exactly. and, and debt of the United States government, just as safe, just as good. So 
the issue with bonds, as we've talked about in previous uh, sessions, is as interest rates rise, the bond portfolio that these banks have is no longer worth as much. They they lose a lot of, of that asset and that reserve when the interest rates move up because, you know, if they bought bonds that are paying 2 and 3%, now interest rates on the open market are 5 it's just not worth as much. Exactly. And so that's what, kind of what we're seeing. Just fundamentally, the banking industry in general is under a lot of pressure because of their line of business that they're in. They lend. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the deposits they keep for emergencies are, are underwater. As we said many times here on the show, it helps to have that emotional detachment. And, and the news as of late, especially when it comes to banks in general and, and some of their underperformances or outright failures, could cause you concern. But don't go and take all your money you know, out of the bank right now and then go put it in a coffee can and bury it in your backyard. That's going to be mm-hmm. counterintuitive to what you want to do if you need help with that emotional detachment, whether it is with market performance, whether it is with banking, whether it is with inflation, anything as it pertains to your financial future and retirement. Give a call to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Start developing that plan if you don't have one already to fall back on and say, you know what, we've accounted for this, or you get that reassurance that things will be okay. 419-794-3030. And to play devil's advocate here, if things do need to change, if things aren't okay, they will certainly let you know that too, but you'll be able to go about it the most tactical and uh, you know emotionally detached way possible. 419-794-3030. Or you can go to the website, ARHQ.com. It's not just about income when it comes to your retirement. Taxes, obviously, going to be a major factor as well. And President Biden is out with his proposed federal budget for 2024, and its tax proposals clearly take aim at Americans making more than $400,000 a year. This has kind of been, not as hill to die on, but but, but a, a kind of a cornerstone of his, his platform in general. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who aren't pulling down that size paycheck, what do you think? Is it still important that they meet with you guys when it comes to tax planning? Absolutely, Chris. I think it's important that we talk about taxes in almost every single aspect of financial planning, whether it be retirement savings, wealth building, estate planning. I mean, there's there's an implication for tax in all of those. But this is interesting to me. It's kind of an area. It's kind of taxes are my bag, if you will. I um, I don't want to have uh, my clients have to pay more than what they absolutely have. Um, So this has been an area that we've done done a, a fair amount of study on. And so yeah, the, the major premise here with President Biden's tax cuts are that it's primarily going to focus on, or at least that's what they want us to see, <laughs> is that it's going to be on the uber wealthy, those sure. making over $400,000. There are a couple of points here that I think it's just anecdotally or interesting to know. Uh, first of all, one of the proposals that President Biden has is to increase the corporate tax rate. Um, He wants to take it from currently 21. That was part of the Tax Cuts Mm -hmm. and Jobs Act that President Trump signed in up to 28. Um, They're also proposing that corporations pay a minimum of book income tax, which is 15 percent currently. So that I mean, we've seen over and over again where large corporations where you know, Elon Musk and these guys pay very little tax, if at all any, right. but their corporation makes billions of dollars. And so he wants to eliminate that. Uh, and then also um, increasing, again, that $400,000 earnings cap from 37% to 39.6%, which seems like a lot. You know, this 40% is what's going up. But um, one of the other, and I guess this is the biggest tax planning consideration for those that are not uber wealthy, is the reinstatement of the estate tax. And so currently, um, if you the, the current estate tax exemption, the amount of money that 
a person can leave during their life or at their death to any person and not, and not have to pay an estate tax. Estate tax is different than income mm-hmm. or Ohio state tax or Michigan tax. Right. This is something that you pay at the end of your life or throughout your lifetime in the form of gifts. Uh, the exemption is currently set at $11.7 million. If uh, President Biden's tax proposals go through and are approved, it could uh, roll back that estate exemption from 11.7 to 3.5 million dollars of an exemption. So by reducing the exemption amount, the amount of money that a person can pass to another individual or onto the next generation, it essentially is a tax increase. It's it's not called that, but it is a tax increase because people that maybe didn't have 11 million dollars before that are expected to have three and a half million at their death. So it doesn't mean you have to have three and a half million now, but if those assets double every seven to 10 years, you can kind of do the math to see, am I going to fall on that, that tax uh, threshold? So if it's at three and a half million, the estate tax rate also is proposed to go from 40% to 45 so, you know, that's a pretty significant impact for a baby boomer. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to be making 400000 to recognize that tax. Exactly. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's the point. Yeah. That's how they get around it. And it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous amount of money because of the baby boomer generation. Any the, anybody that's been born between 1946 and 1964, if, you know, when you, it's a huge demographic. And so that means there's... As as those individuals are retiring at alarming rates, at some point they're going to you know be passing a tremendous amount of wealth onto the next generation, mm-hmm. and that could just mean that it's going to be a significant tax that the government is going to glean. Troy's so. over here shaking his head, hoping that that's the case, right? <laughs> that's right, yeah. Because that is me. You know, I'm 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 at the tail end of the baby boomers, and and um, but uh, you you're right. Like I said, you don't have to be making four hundred thousand. To recognize a you know over a three or four million dollar estate, yeah, exactly, you know? and and that's that's a huge increase in taxes. Absolutely, yeah, and it's and it's and it's going to be bore a lot on again the baby boomer generation because they've accumulated a significant amount of wealth, and so that's one of the areas where I think we could definitely help our listeners plan is in the estate tax and some of the these uh, tax situations that might not apply today but are expected to apply in the future. And so if you have an opportunity, uh, you can go out to our website, check out our calendar of events that we have coming up. Um, In all of our presentations, typically, whether it be the five threats uh, to retirement or some of our university classes, we generally will talk about the estate planning process. You know, we're not attorneys, right? right? So we don't give legal or tax advice, but, you know, we're on top of this stuff um, as we should be. And so... We're in, a, we're in a position to help you structure a spend down plan or a gifting strategy that if we estimate you're going to get hit with a 40% tax, maybe it makes sense to pay 10 or 15 today sure. and get some of this money into the hands of the younger generation, you know, like a Troy or, you know, <laughs> you know, younger folks that I've heard people say it's more fun to see them enjoy the money while I'm living versus sure. giving it away. And so also through a little bit more sophisticated and complex trusts and irrevocable um you know planning activities where we can set aside some money ultimately for your care or your family's care but have it be protected from taxes so there's just a lot of things well and that that also you know you work a lot with people with rmds right Mm -hmm. the required minimum distributions and i know in a previous show 
you can avoid taxes. And in fact, I'm actually working with that with uh, an account that uh, we set up for my mother. She's in a position right now where she has to start taking some RMDs and um, doing those contributions to you know churches or any other organization like that you can avoid some of that tax as well you know if any of you out there are listening if, if you're like me um, this time of year is probably the most stressful time in my life uh, I don't know why I just get really worked up about taxes I know none of us like to pay taxes at all but um, um, if you need help or if there's anything that we can do here to help maybe put off some of those taxes or lower, like Chaz says, lower some of that um, that tax that you have. You know, we work with um, the health insurance and, uh, you know, you and Nolan and the team over there doing the investments. You know, we work on getting your reportable taxable income lower so I can help out with getting some health insurance put in place and and uh, taking advantage of some of the premium tax credits out there that are available. So if this is of interest to anybody out there listening and you think that we can help you, please reach out. Like Chess says, this is his bag. He uh, he enjoys this stuff, and we all enjoy what we do. Yeah. There is a significant difference between tax avoidance or tax mitigation and tax evasion, the simplest uh, definition. <laughs> One of them is going to land you in jail. That's tax evasion. That's not yes. what we're talking about here on the show. We're talking about making sure that you pay what you are obligated to pay, but... Uh, not a penny more. And, and the the government is very clever about having taxes out there that aren't explicitly labeled as such. The elimination of the stretch IRA, for example, uh, mm-hmm. with Secure Act 1.0. There's a lot of different ways out there. And, and what you don't know could end up costing you and your beneficiaries hundreds of thousands of dollars, if, if, you know, if not more than that. And so having that strategy in place is all part of a proper retirement plan. The team at America's Retirement Headquarters, they can help you with that. Just give a call. Get on their calendar, 419 794 3030. That's the number. Once again, 419-794-3030. You heard Chaz mention the events that they, they teach throughout the region. Uh, all year, honestly, you can find uh, one that suits you and they'd love to have you out there. Just go to the website, click on the events tab, arhq.com. I'm sure it's also a common question that you guys get, uh, you know, when they come, people come into the office, how do they make their money last in retirement? Financial planner Stuart Ritter shared this idea with the Wall Street Journal. One of the ways I ask people to think about it is think of your 30-year retirement as the first 15 years and the second 15 years. That second 15 years means conceptually you're not using half your money until you're 80, 85, 90, 95 years old when the cost of cruise tickets and visiting the grandkids and hip replacements are probably going to be significantly higher. So don't get so focused on what happens at 65 that you set up a portfolio just for that year. Recognize your portfolio needs to carry you through those 30 years. Again, and we're all about getting you to, through, and, and beyond retirement. So what is the team at America's Retirement Headquarters? What do you think of this approach when it comes to making money last? This is one of the main um, core tenets of my investment philosophy and my financial planning philosophy is that you can't lose the game. And I'll even tell clients that when they ask, okay, what is it that you stand for as it pertains to managing my money is that you're not going to lose the game, meaning we, we have to ensure that you're going to have a requisite amount of income coming in at all times for the rest of your life so that you can at least keep the bills paid and lights on and um, you know food on the table mm-hmm. and so I think first of all um, making sure that your money lasts involves understanding that paradigm and that um, mentality that we're gonna make sure that you have a minimum amount of money to keep the you know keep all of the the minimums covered but then on some of the you know, we'll call those your your needs, mm-hmm. making sure the needs are covered. But some of the wants and wishes, we may leave those up to the the market's whims in such a way that sure. if 
maybe we can't, um, you know, maybe if we want to take a big trip or go on that, that, that vacation that we've always wanted to go to, maybe this year may not be the right year because the market's down, your investments are down. Right. If we waited a couple of years, two or three years, maybe and the market's a little higher, we can take some from the gains of your investments to, to do that. So from the summit, yeah, I think the other, the other point is that when we're making sure that your money is going to last, we look at it in terms of phases for retirement. Mm -hmm. We talked about at the summit, the go-go phase. This is a pretty dangerous area in terms of making sure that your money lasts is that go-go phase. And the reason is, is because uh, I'll actually have to go back a little further to say that if we don't do the right things during the transition phase, right. so for anybody that's listening between ages 50 and 55, maybe the, the, 10, the five to 10 years prior to retirement, if you're not making the right transition uh, from working in retirement to retirement, you may, you know, you're increasing your chances of uh, capitulation, basically running out of money. Um, what we're talking about there is essentially moving from more of those growth-oriented investments, Scott, mm -hmm. to more of the income-oriented investments. Right. Because what you're going to notice is that retirement is all about income. Now, once we get to retirement, the second phase is where uh, in pre-retirement, early retirement, people spend a lot. They overspend often. They front-end load retirement, so they buy the, the big toys and the motorcycles and the RVs and they don't have enough. So that's a consideration. Moving from the early retirement stage into the slower go phases, um, I think one of the biggest slaps in the face to people about money is the fact that they are forced at that point to start taking money out, mm -hmm. the required minimum distributions. So if you don't recognize that we have to you know, start taking money out of your IRAs and we haven't planned properly, there's more tax implication. Um, the, you know, the, the withdrawal that you have to take out is generally four to five percent of your account balance. So if your accounts aren't structured appropriately, and we're having to sell in a down market like we are now, instead of maybe having sufficient cash in preparation for the required minimum distribution, maybe months, maybe even years in advance, mm -hmm. uh, it could also significantly alter you know the time frame. The last uh, consideration that I would have a client make uh, would be to making sure that their money lasts would be the Social Security decision. We've, um, we've talked a lot about Social Security in almost every show. Yep. I don't think there is a segment in this one, but <laughs> thanks. Social Security, a lot of people think of in terms of just an income source. We like to have our clients think about it as an asset because it really is. You know, when you take a look at what amount of money you would need to have saved to be able to generate the income that social right. security can generate for the rest of your life it's a close to a five to seven hundred thousand dollar investment depending on how long you wait and so that decision is probably one of the biggest decisions that a person is going to make in retirement you know imagine if i said hey you've got to do something with eight hundred thousand dollars you've got to make a decision about this You'd be very, you know, careful sure, in making absolutely. that decision. Yet, oftentimes, when we talk to people about the Social Security decision, it's almost like a whim. It's yep. almost like an entitlement. Like I'm going to take it because I can, and that's the wrong decision. So, in terms of making your money last, put it in the proper context and use the right philosophy uh, with Social Security, particularly. Don't overspend. Start making plans early to transition from retirement growth to retirement income. And then this is kind of your bag though with uh, healthcare and mm -hmm. long-term care, 
not making a decision, you know, doing sticking the head in the sand type plan and saying, we'll worry about, you know, long-term care later, I think can be disaster for a financial no plan. The one thing that'll typically blow up even the, the strongest of plans is a, an extended care stay in a long-term care facility and not having to plan for it. No, there's no question. Medicare doesn't pay for that, and that's all out of your pocket. And if, if you're not paying for it, out of your pocket means your investments. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That would totally uh, decimate a, uh, um, a portfolio and a retirement plan. You know, I run into that all the time, and people ask, well, when should I take it or should I take it now? Uh, should I wait and, at 65 or my full retirement age or wait? And, you know, it depends uh, what's going to be the best for them. Yeah. So, yeah, not, absolutely. And, and uh, I, I guess I keep having, you know, more, but, you know, not having monies um, lose big early in retirement. So yeah. taking out the high highs and the lows, I'd say, was probably one of the most important factors to having your money last. If you're watching online or if you've been to ARHQ.com and you've uh, clicked on the uh, Meet Our Team site, and one of the things you'll probably notice when you when you see Chaz Price is he looks young, but don't let that, mm-hmm. that confuse you with, with inexperience, close to 20 years, which means he started at the age of 13 for this. But <laughs> the, the, the point remains is that when he's developing a retirement plan, he is very much banking on, you know, 30 years from now still, still being here and, and working with you. And that means he doesn't want to have that conversation down the line and says, you know what, we calculated wrong and, and you're going to run out of money. That's not a conversation he wants to have. That's not a conversation anybody at uh, the Retirement Guys Formula in America's Medicare Associates wants to have. So they make sure when they start developing the plan to make it as, as financially bulletproof as possible. And so to get started, to make sure uh, to do you know everything in your power to make sure your money lasts, schedule a time to speak with the team, start developing that plan, 419-794-3030. Or go to the website, ARHQ.com. On a previous show, we actually talked about the five reasons why you should purchase a Medicare Advantage plan. Let's take some time right now and talk about why people should maybe consider a med supplement. The important thing to understand is that everybody's needs are different. You know, it's not one of the one plan fits all. It's just, you know, it's, it's not like that. You know, one size fits all. It's, it's not like that at all. And, um, you know, if I come across ever that, um, well, you're leaning towards a supplement over an advantage or an advantage plan over a supplement, it's, it's not geared that way at all for me. Uh, what we do here at America's Medicare Associates is we, we educate seniors on the different types of plans and um, we help them make an informed decision on what is going to be the best option for them. It's always about their needs. Um, and, and, you know, Troy's had the opportunity to uh, attend some of our events and, and uh, really understands and sees how the education works and the process of the events. We're going to talk here uh, in, the, in our next segment about, um, you know, what to expect when you attend one of uh, AMA's events. But, um, you know, here's a few, I, I want to hit a few key points, um, you know, like I did with the five reasons why you want to purchase an Advantage plan. I want to do five five key reasons why you might want to consider a supplement uh, versus the Advantage plan. Uh, one, they are guaranteed, uh, guaranteed to renew. As long as you make your premium payments, uh, the monthly premium payment, it will always renew. Uh, now, one key point to remember about that is they will renew uh, with generally a rate increase. You do pay a monthly premium for a supplement, but they are guaranteed to not cancel. They automatically renew. Another thing to keep in mind about that is the plans are actually the effective dates of a supplement are on the first day of the month you turn 65. Okay, so we've talked many times about the annual enrollment periods, and uh, those are not impacting the supplements at all. Uh, 
uh, you know, another reason there are no surprises with with a uh, with a supplement. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, the dollar amounts, the upfront cost. You know, when you purchase that supplement, exactly what your out-of-pocket expenses are going to be in the back end. You know, for example, you've got your monthly premium, but you also have your your deductible for Part B. You know that moving throughout that year, your expenses are going to be whatever that deductible are. That's that's it. I mean, there's no other expenses out there. Another reason, and this is one of the probably the top reasons why people like these. You know, I hear a lot, uh, a lot of people say, I don't want to be told where to go. Uh, I get that, told that sometimes, but that's a different mm-hmm. story. <laughs> um, there are no networks. Okay, so when you purchase a Medicare supplemental plan, you truly have no networks. What that simply means is you can go to any doctor, any hospital, anywhere, if that facility doctor accepts Medicare. So that's a that's a good reason to to consider a um, a supplemental plan. Uh, another reason uh, they have automatic claim filing. Now this is one that really I, I haven't ever been talked to uh, or questioned on this at all. But here's very simply what that means. When you go to a facility or a doctor and you have a claim, if you're on a supplement, that claim is submitted to Medicare. Okay, Medicare approves whatever the claim amount, um, uh, their portion of the claim is, and then Medicare will forward that claim off to the supplemental insurance company uh, and then that company will pay the out-of-pocket expenses, and then you'll pay whatever your out-of-pocket would be. And in uh, typically playing G is in, in George, your out-of-pocket expense is 100% hospitalization, but you pay 226 deductible for Part B. So it makes life pretty simple, right? I mean, you don't have to worry about any of the claim processing it's handled for you. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, if you move... A supplemental plan moves with you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about changing that plan. Um, the nice thing about, uh, you know, well, the one thing with an Advantage plan, if you move, that will trigger what's called a special enrollment period, which will allow you to move your your uh, Advantage plan to a servicing area. But with a supplement, you don't have to worry about that. If you travel uh, for an extended period of time, and what I mean by that is, you know, up here in Northwest Ohio, we have what's called snowbirds. Uh, You know, they fly south for the winter. Uh, Spoke to a client uh, this past week, and they were headed back. um, Actually, I think they're coming back today, as a matter of fact, Saturday. And um, uh, they've been down in Florida since January. Okay, so if you if you live um, in a in an area six months out of the year, three months out of the year, something like that, you may have hospitals and um, uh, doctors that you see that are not local. Um, a supplement might be a good option for you to look at uh, uh, if 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 you're traveling for an extended period of time. Um, you know, the the supplemental plans are good plans if they fit your needs. Uh, that's awesome. Once again, I want to make sure that you understand that a supplement or an advantage plan, it's not one size fits all. Um, it's everybody's situation is unique to them. And it's truly important to get all of the facts uh, in, and that's why we do events. That's why we do education meetings. It's important to get all the facts before you make your final decision. And uh, it'll be a whole lot easier if you know all of the facts on, on, uh, on the two plans.
So we invite you to come out and join them, uh, join the team at America's Medicare Associates at one of the upcoming events. You can go to ARHQ.com to learn more, find one that that works best for you and go ahead and reserve your seat. There's no registration fee to do so. Uh, But going that education can go a long way to uh, helping you make that informed decision. As Scott said there, there's no one size fits all approach. You should be wary of anybody who is offering that. It's, oh, this is the plan we put everybody in. Uh, It's not a cookie cutter strategy. And by being independent, the team at America's Retirement Headquarters as a whole, but especially America's Medicare Associates, they have access to a wide variety of carriers and they can uh, get down to brass tacks to figure out what's going to work best for you. So to set up a time, if you have questions, figure out, you know, if a med supplement could be right for you, 419-794-3030. Or like I said a second ago, check out the events tab at ARHQ.com. Scott, you've been hosting several educational events over the past couple of years, and especially in, in the past few months. So there's been a common theme with the questions that are being asked. So let's take a little time here and talk about what uh, one of the AMA events looks like and what are some of the most common concerns seniors have when they turn 65? Yeah, so Chris, that's um, um, thank you for that leading. Yes, I have been hosting several events over the past couple of years and uh, really ramped that up um, starting this past October in the uh, annual enrollment period. Uh, hugely successful. It's a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoy it. And the, the important thing is you help people, right? So since February of this year, I've hosted four. We've had, what, four events this year so far. I, I will have seen over 275 seniors um, in February and March of this year. So there's a need. There's a lot of people out there um, and helping them out and uh, helping them understand exactly what Medicare is all about and the important times for them. Troy, why don't you add a, a little bit here? Take a few minutes and just share some of your experiences so far with the first couple of events that you've attended. Like you said, we've had quite a few uh... Events happened in late February was when I started, um, and I've learned so much so far. I've learned that I'd say the biggest thing that I've learned is that a lot of people are misinformed about Medicare and misinformed about the Advantage plans, which we'll talk about here uh, here in a little bit. But so far, everything's been absolutely amazing. I'm beyond grateful that I've been given this opportunity. So, you know, one of the things I'm going to do is I want to again give you a, a rundown on exactly what's going to happen, what you can expect if you uh, attend one of our events. Um, one thing that I want to make sure that I stress with everybody is I do educational events. For me, that's the most important thing. If you, um, you know, Troy is set in on all of my appointments that I make, but um, if you come to one of my events, I'll mention that it's an educational event. And um, it's never a sales pitch. And and the people that come into the office, they always say, you know, I ask them, so what would you think of the event? They say, oh, we loved it, you know, especially the uh, Red Lobster Biscuits, right? But, you know, I ask them, I said, so what did you think? And they loved it. And they said, did, at any point did you feel like you were being sold something? And, and every time they say, oh, absolutely not. So the first thing I want to stress is my events are purely educational. I am here to help you. Uh, In my presentations, I go over coverages that you're going to get on Original Medicare. So we'll talk about Original Medicare. We'll talk about the coverages for Part A and Part B and Part D prescription coverage. And then I talk about the gaps that are out there. Uh, Then what I'll do is I'll talk a little bit about how you cover those gaps. You know, for example, we mentioned in the previous segment about um, why you would consider a supplement. We also talk about Advantage plans. And what I do is I go through all of the coverages that both of those plans offer and uh, help you decide which is going to be the best for you. Then what I do is I'll actually go over how you sign up. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always mention is, you know, 
Medicare, anybody can sell Medicare, right? I mean, it's 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 something that a lot of people um, can can do this. And you got the advisors out there that, you know, they pull up in their van and they open the back of the van and pull all of their flyers out and they sit and they you know talk about Medicare. Well, what sets us apart? And I go through that what what we do to help people out. One of the big things we do is. Um, I will actually help you create your uh, my Social Security account if you haven't already done so because you sign up for Medicare through the Social Security website, right? And then what I'll do is I'll actually go through the online application with each client if they need to sign up for Medicare when they first turn 65. I'll actually help them do that. So these are things that I explain on um, how you actually sign up for Medicare. And then what we'll do is we'll talk about the important dates of enrollment. You know, when can you enroll? And uh, we'll talk about, um, you know, if you are turning 65, what's important dates for enrollment for there. If you're leaving an employer, what's an important date there? So these are the steps that we go through. We talk about all of these and more. Um, this is just kind of the five key points that we, we go through in my presentations. Um, so then what happens is we open it up to questions and that's where the fun really starts. I mean, people start throwing all kinds of questions and uh, they, they start throwing questions to you that um, are quite interesting. Troy, you've had the pleasure of actually seeing and, and listening to a lot of these events and, and hearing what these questions are. Why don't you go through a few of the questions that you stick out in your mind? Yeah, like you said, I've been at all the events and all appointments as well. So whatever's not asked in the events is tend to ask in the appointments. Um, without a doubt, the most important and the first question everyone always asks is, when do I need to sign up for Medicare? Mm -hmm. And pretty early on with me working here, I learned right away, it's you sign up within three months before you, your 65th birthday, you'll sign up the month of or three months after. So there's the answer right there for that one. Another question is, everyone always says, I was told. So many people say that a friends or family or an employer said I have to sign up for Medicare, and that's just simply not the case. If you are, If your spouse has a great type of plan that they're on th through work mm -hmm. and that one just better fitting for you then you can stay on that one for as long as you need to as long as uh, they're employed there also a lot of people have preconceived notions of the old advantage plans and when we meet with the people we notice that we completely change their minds and completely go over the advantage plans and show them what it really is so everyone tends to come into the meetings and says oh i was told that the advantage plan is one of the worst things don't sign up for it mm -hmm. and those people that are telling them that mean well but they're just not properly educated advantage plans are designed towards a different type of people and that's why we also have supplement plans as well so you just got to go through the two plans see which ones better suits you and that's where we're here to help the final question that we tend to get is several people ask if they're still working and have coverage through work do they need to sign up for medicare that question there is it really depends you know one of the things that um you know with employer coverage if you're working for an employer that's got 20 or more employees and um and they are offering group health insurance uh, you do not necessarily have to sign up for for medicare um you can stay on your employer plan one of the things i've told uh, i've said all the time is i'm a numbers nerd uh, sometimes Troy just calls me a nerd, right? But um, <laughs> I love to get into the numbers and that. And if your employer plan um, is going to cost you more than what Medicare would cost you, then 
than uh, sign up for Medicare, right? If, uh, if, if it's the other way around, your Medicare would be less than your employer plan. Um, or if, if your employer plan is, is less, then stay on the employer plan. And uh, one, you know, one other question I want to add, and, and thank you, Troy, that's very observant because those are exactly the questions that people are asking in top of their mind, right? But another one, for some reason, I'm not real sure why this has been happening, but um, a lot of people are asking about their HSA contributions. So if uh, you are contributing to an HSA, an HSA is a health savings account. You know, we talk about those with the interest rates going up. Uh, HSAs are, if you're not maximizing your contributions, you should be. If you turn 65 and you sign up for Medicare, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. Okay, so it's important to understand that. One of the last events we did, we had a couple of people that... Um, uh, scheduled appointments and said, I need help and I need help now because I'm still contributing. I was contributing a year ago in March and I turned 65 a year ago and signed up for Part A. Um, there are taxes and penalties for exceeding contribution limits. So, uh, you know, we talked about that. But, um, you know, that's kind of, um, in a nutshell, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, a high look down on an event that uh, we do here at, at America's Medicare Associates. And if anybody is looking to find out more about our events, you can go on our website at uh, ARHQ.com, click the events tab, and you can see a lot more information on uh, what events are upcoming. If you can attend, great. If not, if you want a one-on-one -on -one appointment, um, Troy and I are happy to sit down with you and go through all of your needs and um, uh, hopefully you can uh, you know, show up to one of our events and get some good information. If you've got the time, they would love to have you out there. Go to ARHQ.com. Find the event closest to you. Go ahead and reserve your seat. Uh, there's not a registration fee for it, but they do you know, like to have an idea of how many to account for. Or you can give a call mm -hmm. uh, directly, 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. You know, so many of us, and I'm sure listeners out there as well, love to relax with a nice massage. I was actually reading about a massage therapist who claimed that she could tell a lot about a person after just one visit. Everything from figuring out what kind of work they do based on stress points to whether or not they exercise. Now, guys, I, well, I'm not positive, but I have to imagine you guys aren't giving people back rubs and stuff when they come <laughs> into the office. But when you first sit down with a potential client, what can you tell about them? Yeah, you know, when we meet with clients, I, I go through that same thing. You know, I can sit and see somebody coming in and, and um, you know, when I talk to them, I ask them, um, you know, what's when, when I talk about Medicare, I, the one question I ask is, what is the most important thing you need uh, on Medicare? Is it the core benefits or is it dental, vision, hearing, prescriptions? Uh, and you'd be surprised. A lot of people say a lot of the same stuff. They all say uh, dental is in the top three. I mean, dental is very, very important to them. Troy, you, you know, being the rookie on the team and, and you know, being new to this, um, one of the things that I've always mentioned to you is to learn to read people. And um, if you sit and talk with them, they will tell you everything you need to know. Just let people talk. And I think that's general life uh, mm -hmm. advice, right? So you've met with a lot of clients with me, all different types, you know, fun. Uh, some people a little nervy, a little uh, amped up on some different things. What have you seen with some of the people that have come in? And, and as I go through my presentations, give, them, give the listeners a little bit of an overview of what you think you pick up on. Yeah, so I've learned a lot over the past, I guess, few years of my life maturing to how to read someone's body language. 
one of the first things I notice that when they come in is a lot of people tend to be really tense and nervous and don't know what to expect. Um, and then after the meetings, they realize they're in the good hands. Um, and then a lot of them are just a lot more relaxed and more fun afterwards because they're not so up tense and nervous. Definitely the biggest thing I've learned so far. You know, uh, uh, Chaz, you and I had the opportunity um, to meet with um, with a client. And, and this particular client was uh, really contemplating uh, retirement. Mm -hmm. And this kind of leads into what uh, Troy just said. This one uh, client really rings loud and clear with me on this one. Um, they went to one of my events. They loved what they heard. They come in and they were looking to retire and they were taking a plop of money when they retired and uh, i brought you in to talk with her and you went through and, and kind of helped her out um uh, why don't you tell them what you did for for her and then i'll i'll come back in and explain what i did and how her reaction was yeah so that, that's a great point and i'm, and I'm as i'm hearing you say that i'm trying to think because we've helped so many clients within that same um, mindset because with social security decisions to make medicare decisions mm -hmm. to make retirement it can be overwhelming specific uh, particularly with all of the alphabet soup that is medicare and, and uh, government benefits but yeah um speaking about teresa we just were able to save her i want to say probably 10 grand in taxes sure. you know one of the little mm -hmm. um unknown nuances of retirement planning is that if you cash your 401k out, you're required by law that the employer's re required to keep 20% back. And so, you know, she didn't really have a need for all of the money and she had pretty much already signed all the documents and paperwork and sent it in. I said, you know, Teresa, if you roll this money over, we'll save you. This will save you 10 grand in taxes, you know, approximately. She was like, well, let's see if we can get him on the phone. We were able to get him on the phone, stop awesome. stop the distribution, and kind of reroute to a rollover and to save her on taxes. Another real quick example I was thinking of is um, Bruce and Joan. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, I think you had mentioned in a meeting that they were very nervous about retirement, like, hey, we need a guy. Sure. And you're like, hey, we got a guy. And, and I owed you some lunch because we did run over a little <laughs> bit on that night appointment. But I could tell, body language, she was very nervous. Mm -hmm. um, just unsure they to be honest hadn't saved a tremendous amount of money maybe you know certain amount but it, it wasn't an exorbitant amount i think that's what had her nervous but after we went through the financial plan process uh, she, i could see the stress absolutely you know, reducing off because her plan had a hundred percent probability of success primarily because wow. they didn't spend a lot right. and they had no debt no mortgage no you know car loans or anything so the biggest takeaway it's all relative don't think because you heard to troy's point somebody say you need a million dollars to retire somebody that has a million dollars in loans and expenses needs a million dollars to retire maybe sure. you don't it's all relative take the time go through an analysis with us you'll feel a lot better by yeah, doing it absolutely and then and then to you know to wrap up like i said with with teresa she came in and, and um um she was so thankful that she says thank you so much for introducing me to jazz i mean that what he told me was was unbelievably valuable to me. So then I go through the process with her, with her insurance, and I show her her different options. And she, uh, she actually picked an advantage plan. And because for her it made sense, it was perfectly uh, in line with what her needs were. And she literally turned her shoulders, her back to us, 
and had tears in her eyes. And, and Troy, you know, he, he witnessed that. And, and I said, are you okay? She says, I just can't tell you how overwhelmed I am right now. Thank you for helping me out. I didn't know what I was going to do prior to coming here. Those are just a, a few of the little stories that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and it's, it's truly what makes this the greatest job ever. And, and I love what I do in helping people. I know, Troy, you're, um, you're going to get there. You're, you're young and, and um, uh, eager to learn, which is awesome. And, Chaz, you see that as well. Uh, it's just what we do here. You know, yeah. helping people is the most satisfying thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And when you see that stress relieve their bodies, it's awesome. It's all about getting people not just to retirement, not just through retirement beyond that. And it takes into all these different factors, taxation, income, insurance, the possibility, probability of long-term care, estate planning, and so much more. And so if you have concerns about these things, or, you know, if you hadn't thought about these things and you're starting to think now, but before you spiral, pick up the phone, give a call and start putting a plan in place. 419-794-3030 is how you do that. Reach out to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030. You can always find them online, arhq.com. And as I've said countless times here on the show, I really do mean it. We appreciate you spending part of the day with us here on the show, here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Uh, Chaz, Scott, Troy, welcome again. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, spring is upon us, and um, uh, enjoy the warmer weather as it gets here. The flowers and the buds are starting to bloom. That's uh, a, a fun time. Thank you all for listening, and, and Troy, thanks for joining. And, and Chaz, thanks again. Oh, as Thank always, you. I appreciate it. Um, uh, join us every Saturday from noon to 1 on uh, WSPD 1370, home of America's Retirement Headquarters and America's Medicare Associates. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.